I could let that bad boy play out for another three and a half minutes and you guys would listen to one of the all-time songs, but I will not do that. That is an introduction to Montante's World. Uh, let's get into it. Let's go. All right, episode 15 of Montante's World. I uh, appreciate having... I'm gonna, uh, should I ask you this before? Should Cree write? Yep, and you, you said really? the name correctly. Thank you. Okay. How often do people get it right in the first time? I don't even know. That's a good question. Um, I mean, by and large part, they tend to get it right, but the fail percentage has been low. So I, I, I okay. guess in that in that regard, it's a it's a good thing. Not that uh, <laughs> I was hoping you say nobody really gets it right, so I was going to take credit for that. <laughs> downplayed that right from the oh top. man. The first time <laughs> so, I saw you was that viral video when you're back at the garden. Yeah, is that your most uh, viral viral video you've had? Uh, you know, get action on the internet. Uh, private prior to that, um, I have to go with last year when I was at Kowloon's for the first time and I, and I tried those saugus wings and that, that one really, um, exploded. But you know, what's funny about that? Um, I was telling someone this a while back that I didn't want that to be like my defining moment, if you will. Cause I was, yeah. I was so much more than just Kowloon's and saugus wings guy. Like, <laughs> like, I, like, like, like given what I do, I'm a radio host, like both locally and, and nationally as well. Um, I wanted people to see the work that I do and the work that I put out and I produce both radio show wise and as well as podcasts um, as well. So um, so like what's interesting is that when I started doing like the like the Bruins videos and so forth, I, I really thought nothing of it at all, frankly. I just thought, well, it's gonna get maybe a couple of hundred views, like, well, whatever, cool. Yeah. But little did I know that it just exploded. It, it just took. It just it literally exploded, like, yeah, right, right away. And in the day of um of everything returning back to one hundred percent here in Mass, um, on May 29th, which was I was at Game One of the second round series against the Islanders. How'd that go, by the way? Um, I, I mean, the, 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 I mean, the Bruin, the, I mean, the series, not so well, but that game, it went very no, well, yeah. but, but considering the, 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 the significance of it, um, I, I, I couldn't help, but to, I, but to, you know, let me just create a video. And then what I'll never forget is someone literally like approached me and like tapped me on my shoulder. Like, dude, you're that guy on Twitter. I saw, I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like by this point, I'm not aware of like how how viral how, how viral it was to it was going to go exactly yeah. and and um but but by the time I got upstairs on the fourth floor of the greatest bar, I was it was just overwhelming. Like yeah, I mean humbling, but it was pretty awesome for sure. To, to be fair, you stick out a little bit at a Bruins game. And why? And why is that? Huh? I'm just saying. Mm. Black hockey fans, you know, those are the kind of you're you're in the minority there, which is true. You know, and how did you get into hockey? Because I have that written down. Because it is like I don't even like hockey that much. I don't know that people do like hockey. Wow, oh, hockey is a big thing um here. Like I'm, hockey which is like yeah, like which is which is true. Um, as for how I got into hockey, I got into hockey um from when I was young. Um, 
Can you ice skate and play? Well, no, I, that's something I absolutely oh, yeah. wish that I could do. Like I could have done. I feel like I would have made a pretty good defenseman. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> but um, but like I grew up like like in like really liking the sport of hockey. Like I first started watching like the Devils, like you know, like especially during their heyday when they were like winning Stanley Cups and going deep in the yeah. playoffs and game, the way they play blue line the blue line, right? Yeah, yeah, especially that one three one like trap zone mm-hmm. um defense. And oh, I, I just say that, yeah, and that's and that's how it started for me. Like my my sport, my love for the sport of hockey, like just grew from there. And I absolutely um enjoyed watching the Detroit Red Wings for years. Like mm-hmm. and especially the talent that they had um in Detroit, that was something that I absolutely like loved. So mm-hmm. that's how like my love for hockey began, and and it's blossomed into uh, a beautiful fanhood, and as well as yeah. a passion for the Boston Bruins. Yeah, did you um? Would you agree that hockey is by far the best sport to watch live? Absolutely, Line absolutely. Even 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 better than football. Honestly, football. I mean football. I yeah, the opposite spectrum. I think football is the worst to watch live. I don't. Why is that? Too many TV timeouts. Too many breaks between action. People standing up to go get beers, go pee. You know, I, angles. You know, sometimes depending where you're sitting, if you don't have great seats, it's kind of hard to determine. You know. Right. 10 yards, you'll see a run, and you're like, was that for four yards or 18? You know, it's <laughs> kind of – so, yeah, hockey's unbelievable. The, the sounds, just the action yeah. nonstop. Yeah, it's – Absolutely. Uh, the, one, the one thing I never understood about hockey games, I don't know if it's just, you know, Barclays and uh, – what, what are the Devils play now? Uh, Prudential Center? Uh, the, 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 yeah, uh, the Prudential Center, yeah. When you're walking to go to your seat, the ushers, like, stop until play's done. It's like, I'm in the 30th row. How am I going to get hit by a puck? It, the reason why they do that is because they don't want you to be, I guess, a distraction, like okay. while while play is going on, and and they do that at the garden too. Like I mean, especially yeah. like early in the game, like if you're making your way to your seat, they're like, hold on, and then and then like once I play a stop, whether if it's a stoppage of play or or a goaltender makes a save, they'll like they'll, they'll they'll like okay, you can, you can go go ahead now and. Like that's primarily the re- that's the reason I can think of also off the top of my head. Yeah, I thought it was a safety issue. Like this is ridiculous. Oh no, no. I mean, <laughs> what are the chances of a puck flying at least that's... what a, a few hundred feet in the air to the to the third the, the third grandstand level? Like it's not it's not that's likely. That's why I've been confused about this for almost probably since I was sixteen, so thirteen years now. Yeah, but I, I... The, the way you just laid it out makes a thousand percent sense. So for sure, that a long time ago. <laughs> So, yeah. like I said, you're doing work nonstop. I follow you on social media. You're pumping out videos, couple a day. You know, doing your radio work. Um, when did you decide that you wanted to make it turn it from a hobby into all right? We're gonna make something from this and really kick it up a notch. You know what's interesting? Um, like I grew up in New York. Actually, I was okay. born and raised in New York, and as a kid, my my father would. You know, he would turn on news radio, and that's actually how it started. So, if, if you, if you will, I, I want to share with you. Uh, I'm sorry, Princessa. Yeah, before, before, before I get, before I get to that, now, like <laughs> news radio specifically, not, not, not sports radio. Sports radio wasn't even my first love. That, that's what's interesting, okay. and, and, and I think that that's something that people are going to be more surprised about when, when they continue to learn more about my story and my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, um. And I, I grew up listening to like Ten Ten Wins in New York. And for those who grew up in New York, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I listened to like Lee Harris in the morning, or Jane Sparity, or, or the or Judy DeAngelis, like mm-hmm. the legendary news anchor. Yeah. She she retired. 
um, that that was my first love. I was seven, eight, nine years old in the morning listening to the news and just being very well versed on what's going on, like locally and even yeah. like nationally or even around the world for that fact of the matter. Not so, yeah, like so like so like <laughs> so for like for most 10 year olds, they're like. Uh, what's going on in like in like Yemen? Oh well, all oh, the well like the one of the neighbors <laughs> just um, yeah yeah. Funny you ask because like I actually I actually know what happened. So through that it turned into sports like around two thousand two two thousand three around that time yeah, and through there. I started you know, watching and listening to sports even more. Now I'm an 11, 12 year old kid yeah. in New York listening, watching sports. I, and I didn't know about sports radio just yet. And, and you know, what's interesting was that WFAN was the first radio station, yeah. sports radio station that, that caught my attention before I discovered 1050 ESPN radio at the time, which is now 987 ESPN. They used to have those net teams too. Uh yeah, the, they they still have the Nets. They've been they've been on FAN Nets, for for years now. Yeah, sports, I think those were the Kmart teams. Those were the kid teams, right? Yep, you're correct. Kenyon Martin, Jason Kidd, um, Kerry Kittles, uh, Jason Collins. Yeah, those, uh, those, those, uh, don't forget also Vince Carter as well, who who, who joined in I think 2005 as well. Yeah, he was. Did he ever play with Kid? I, I feel like he was like the second. He did. He did play with Kid. Okay. I just remember yes, him playing like Devin Harris and. Those teams were all right, but those those early neck teams were losing. Like early two thousands, oh yeah, awesome. I mean, they would have won a title if they didn't run into uh, Shaq and Kobe. And and don't forget Tim Duncan and as well as David Robertson as well in two thousand three. Yeah, that means those teams. Yeah, I remember. I remember going to a game because I'm from New Jersey. And I oh, what part? Manu, yeah, Manu Ginobili is a rookie. He was one of the finals games. He missed the he airballed the three. I was like, oh, that guy's awful. And like. 20 years later, three titles. He's, he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I misread him a little bit. Four Amazing. rings. But by, by the way, what part of Jersey are you from? Um, like direct middle. It's like everyone knows Red Bank, Long Branch. You yeah. you're not you're not far from the Jersey Shore. You, Long Branch is no, basically live, by, by that's right on the Jersey Shore. Yeah. I live in Seabright, so I'm a town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you listen closely, you can hear the beach. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody, but nobody knows Seabury. That's why you gotta hit him with uh, that's, the. Uh, that's that's why I was like, no, 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 no. You, you unless you're a New Yorker and you're very well aware of like the, the New York tri-state area, you know, like the Jersey Shore, like Long Branch, mm-hmm. um, C- um, Seaside Heights, Belmar, like those yeah. <laughs> those towns, like you you know, like, and if you don't know, you actually need to get get out of your damn bubble and actually. Get out yeah. and take New Jersey Transit sometimes. Yeah, take <laughs> transit down to Belmar, especially when you're ter- freshly 21. You know, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, don't don't even get don't even get me started on that. Listen, yeah. that, that ride like, down is a lot more fun than the ride back. Oh god, the, 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 the ride back is a pain in the ass. <laughs> it just is. <laughs> shit, so you don't miss your stop. But yeah, going down with your friends, crushing a couple beers. I derailed oh. you completely. It, let's. Uh, we'll oh, just, oh no 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 no. Let's see, no it, that that that's okay because listen um. Some of the best radio podcast happens when you when you kind of like derail just a little bit. But I want I want to get yeah. back to that because yeah, yeah. because like that that's a real that's a really good and entertaining segment there. But mm-hmm. um, so this is like around 2004. Like I'm 12 years old. Summer of 04, unforgettable summer. I'm listening to Mike and the Mad Dog almost almost on a daily basis when I could when when I wasn't in summer camp. Like but when I get home from summer camp, I'll, I have my own radio in my room. So what's funny is that I would turn on that radio, and I remember the radio 
quite, quite, quite well to this day. I'll flick it on, turn on a WFAN, listen to Mike and the Mad Dog, and then, I, and then I'll, I'll wait for for Mets pregame, and then listen to the Mets game when it used to, at the time when Gary Cohen and Harry Rose would be calling the game every night. And like, I, I'm a Yankee fan, but I, but I listen because I love baseball, and I would listen to both Yankee games. I'll switch between um, WCBS 880 and WFAN, go back and forth just to see, like, what's going on, like, what happened with the Yankee game, what happened with the Met game, and things like oh, yeah. that. So it was through there that I started to develop a love for sports radio. I was like, you can talk sports on radio. How effing awesome would that be? Like, yeah. oh, my God. Um, like, and <laughs> so what really started – to become like or started as a as a passion turn into a career and, and, a, and a career that's still growing to this point mm-hmm. is I would say sometime in uh, when I was in college and my college uh, I went to Long Island University mm-hmm. they have a radio station and I said you know what let me get involved you know just you know play around you know and you know talk I uh, just talk sports I didn't I didn't host my own sports radio show there at the time that's my only regret yeah um but i would co-host you know on a couple of different shows between 2009 and 2012 and and that and that was that but upon graduate upon um on the end of my college uh career i remember like there was an opening for an internship at espn new york 98.7 and i said what do i have to lose I literally remember the moment. I'm in the library. It's just spring 2015 now. Yeah. I'm in a li- I'm in a library and I see the opening. It was on, I don't remember if it was LinkedIn or I don't remember if it was LinkedIn or any need, but anyway. Probably, yeah. Pro- probably. So I saw it. I was like, I'm studying for finals. I'm getting ready to walk at graduation. What do I got to lose? Huh? No, I'll just yeah. apply. So I, I literally just said, I would just say, screw it. I'm gonna just apply. And literally forgot about it. And I maybe thought about it maybe once or twice, but I didn't really ponder on it too much. Yeah. So counting. July 2015, I get a call from a Florida number. I'll never forget this moment because it's so clear in my memory. Now, it's a hot Friday afternoon in New York City in Coney Island, Brooklyn. I don't know if you've been if you've gone to Coney Island before and you have. You know how wild it gets. Summer, especially yeah. when you're walking along surf and stillwell. Yeah. And I'm walking past Nathan's. And I think I had I had a I had their cheese fries and their fish sandwich, but by the way, absolutely freaking incredible. Never Nathan's had a fish sandwich. You, you gotta try it. You yeah. got to try it. It's so good. Yes. They got the best crinkle fries in the world, though. Oh, yeah. No, it's, not, it's, not, it's not even up for debate. Yeah, it's not I'll, even up for debate. If someone even wants to debate, I'd turn around and walk away. Like say, like say, I wholeheartedly agree. Like <laughs> I walk past Nathan's, I walk into the station, I get a phone call from a Florida number, and I'm like, "Me? I don't answer numbers I don't recognize." I'm like, "What the yeah. hell is this?" Put on my phone, then my phone buzzes again. I'm like, "What the hell is this?" Message, voice message. Okay, so I listen. Hi, this is so and so from Walt Disney Company. I saw that you apply for for the for the internship for ESPN New York. I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, let me call this person back. Hi, hey, yeah, we still never let you uh, apply, and we like to schedule you for the for an interview with 
um, um, with, with uh, first myself and then the program director, who was um, Justin Craig at the time, who's now the, the program director for ESPN Radio nationally. Um, and I'll never forget just the feeling of shock. I was like, really? Yeah. I grew up listening to 1050 ESPN before it became 9870 ESPN. I was like, oh, my God, how amazing would this be if I get the, if I get the internship? Are you kidding me? And I interviewed with Justin Craig, and I'll never forget the interview. By this point, I'm on the bus. It's like one day after I had just finished work, right in the middle of summer 2015. And I'm like, listen, I I know I got the knowledge. He's like, I I, I can I could see that. I can, yeah. I hear the passion that you that you carry, that you possess as well. So um I, I just I just want you to really back in just a little bit. And just, just, just like you know, answer some of the things I, some of the questions I have for you, and so forth. So, and I did exactly just that. So, at that point, I was like, okay, whatever happens, happens. At this point, now I'm like, oh my god, am yeah. I gonna get it or not? Am I gonna get the internship or not? Yeah, yeah. now it's real. And I'll never forget. At this point, I sent out an email saying, hey, um, not not to the program director, but to the, to the, um, to the coordinator. I said, hey, I'm I'm really curious that I get the internship or not. And then I think it was either later that day or the following day, I got an email saying, hey, we actually do have an update for you. Um, when is a good time to call you? And I was like, um, yeah, you can call me now. Like I'm free. <laughs> <Right now. laughs> um, and I'm I get on I get on the B26 bus. And for those who are, who know the, the the Brooklyn buses, the local buses in New York, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm heading towards downtown Brooklyn. And she calls me. He said, "Hey, we actually have an update for you, and and we would like to offer you the internship if that if you're still interested." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah." I, I I remember the <laughs> feeling of shock, mm-hmm. like I was just genuinely shocked and amazed. I yeah. was like, "Are you kidding me?" She's like, "No, no, for real." Like, I mean, the pro- the program director really really liked your passion, your knowledge. And they they, they want to hire you as as the. Um, he was blown program. away with your information on Yemen. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It goes back to that because honestly, because this is the thing that I and I tell people I never really discussed before. So you could you could consider this to be yeah. exclusive, if right. you will. My my ability to be well versed on what's going on in in the world comes from my first love of, for for news radio. Now. When I say news radio, I'm not talking about like liberal or conservative. Or, I'm talking about Strictly straight up the bat with no, with no slant. Right, exactly. Like news radio. Like my dad would put me on. He'll he have me listen to NPR. He'll listen. He'll yeah. have me listen to to Pacifica Radio. He'll have me listen to that. Like there's there's no slant at all. Like it's information, yeah. and then and and then like their opinion and then, and then what's going on. It's not based on any political like slant or affiliation. FM radio. Exactly, it's all, all all FM radio. Exactly, so it's like it was like that was that's where it all started for me, and it turned into sports as I into my teenage years. Yeah. Now, by the time I got the internship with uh, with ESPN New York ninety eight seven um, FM in in September twenty fifteen, by this point I'm like, oh my god, I'm about to go into the studio that and have a first glimpse as to how sports radio actually works. Who'd you, and, who you gonna? Who, what show are you gonna work on? Because I think Stephen A. Smith might have been uh, been there back then. 
He was, I believe, national. If, if my memory serves me correctly, I believe. 2015. No, he no, he he was national, but he was okay. he was on um excuse me on 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 9870 SPN, but national. It wasn't local okay. based because remember he he did have a show local based in New York. Yeah, back in like 2005, 2006, back in that, that time. Was it that long? Because I remember I was a garbage man. We used to listen to uh, on the way to the dump. We'd always listen to Ryan Rucco and Stephen A. Smith. It was like before. Yeah, like that was like 2000, um, like 2011, 12. Like, yeah. Hey, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did that right out of high school. So that, that that timeline would, and you could tell right then and there, Stephen A. Smith was he was just Rucco was good too, but Stephen A. Smith just had that about him. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, Stephen A. had, um. Like how I, he said at the time, it's funny because he was like, you know, like I can really see you, Ryan Rucco, really becoming like a, a really big star in his business. And he was right. Like, I mean, this yeah. is look what Ryan Rucco has become, especially locally. He does um Yankee yeah. games, local, I mean, like part time for the yeah. S Network, WNBA games, WNBA, nationally. the lead WNBA games for yeah. ESPN, and as well as um and and, and as and as well as um also the Nets games yep. on on Yes as well. So like yeah, so, he's just waiting for K to retire. Then that job is his. <laughs> the next fifty years, you know. K yeah, jokes about it because you, you yeah, it, don't get it anymore. K's like, yeah, he's just waiting for me to die. <laughs> you know, like, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, so so now like I got an internship and that was that was my first exposure, professional exposure into sports radio. How does it work? What does production look like? Like running the boards, answering on screening phone calls, answering phones, you know, all of those things. And I, I learned all of those things like on the fly. And, and like, and I, and I really do give tremendous credit to the producers who I work with. Um, shout out to, to, to Ray Santiago and RJ Santillo. Like, I I have nothing but immense love and respect for them for, for them even to this day. Even yeah. though it's been almost six years, but be, but they took me they took me under their wing and they, and they worked with me because I work mostly at night, yeah. mostly. But with some afternoons here and there, but mostly at night. So I would always be working like towards the end of the Michael K show, or like if there wasn't a play by play event, I would you know like like work with alongside with him they're doing the ranger on radio broadcast and then espn new york um would have yeah yeah greg like donna greco was doing the um the the the, the pre-game and the post game at the time and then the, the the show after k used to be um heart larry hardesty yeah that that was the show that i would work on yeah, I, yeah about yeah. about 90 of the time so How i would work oh, oh amazing he he could not have been more gracious and really like really like warming towards me like in, in every in every regard and i really mean that sincerely um he, he legit but you know some of these people are nice on air then you see these clips of them like when they're off looking like you know psychopaths so that's good to hear that yeah he's- yeah I, I one of the things that i've learned and it wasn't it, and it wasn't from the from that station but just more like learning just how people can be like like away like you know people yeah. can be like not not so pleasant but 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 with him, oh, oh my God! Like I have nothing but I g- really good things to say. And one of the things that I I took from that was like, okay, this is exactly what I want to do. So mm-hmm. I all I want to do is just listen and shut up. And my advice to anyone, and I'm serious, like for any yeah. anyone that anyone that is looking to get into this industry, open your ears and close your mouth. That's it. Soak it in. Open your open your ears. Ask questions. Don't be a know it all because you don't know it all. Mm-hmm. Ask questions. Don't be afraid to 
to to to say, hey, um, I want to ask. I have a few questions I want to ask you because those things do go a long way. So when I first moved uh, to Boston in February 2017, which is now four and a half years ago, which is hard yeah. to believe, um, I didn't know anybody. Like I didn't know anybody in the business personally, anything like that. So for me, um, I would say that it took me a good two, two and a half years before I really finally begun to like hit foot, foot, foot setting, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't without this one advice that I received from someone who I was dating at the time in April of 2019. So I made it a point to reach out to someone and that someone was um was was Bob Sosi, who's the radio play by play voice of the Patriots. Okay. Um, and he was more than gracious enough to give me his time and um and really talk to me about like things that I could do to like you know to work work my way into the industry and so forth. And I and even like a few months later, when I was getting frustrated that you know things still weren't happening, and I you know one station that I thought I could at least break in in terms of getting on-air experience and having the opportunity to uh, to like work on my craft that I hadn't heard back from. That was from 91.5 FM WMFO. It's a community radio yeah. station as well as a college radio station as well. But I finally heard back in June of, of two years ago. Okay. And when I did, I said, I'm interested in hosting my own sports radio show. And that's and and, and that's how it all began. And I, and I went through the training. I went through everything that he asked me to do. And I, and when I, the day that I finally um, found out that I found out that I was gonna have my own radio show, I, it, it was, it was a moment of surrealness because number one, being a native New Yorker, you grew up in New York, you, you're well aware of the broadcasting titans that are mm-hmm. in that city alone. You're like, now I have my own radio show at age, at age freaking twenty seven. Yeah. Like that was something I was like, that is really incredible. But I, but I also understood that it was a continuation of, I got to continue to press forward. Cause this, this is not the end. This is not where I want to be. I want to keep pushing for more, keep pushing for more. And I, and I did. And that's how um, I started like, you know, going to going, going to us with, with another radio station that, and I'm still with 91.5 FM WMFO speaking of which, I want to make this very clear. I I made a video the other day about um, WMFO, and I was saying that that right now, like I'm still with the radio station. I never left the radio station, so I still have a radio show with the radio station. What I am waiting for is for them, and I'm hoping that it this does in fact happen in two months that they allow everyone back in and oh, to be able to do the shows video? live yeah. because the show, everything that you're hearing from that station in the Boston area via on, on the tuning radio oh, app, no. and as well as locally on terrestrial radio, those are, those shows are all pre-recorded. Not so like, I, I, yeah, so like, so like I haven't, so I, I haven't left the station. I'm still there just waiting for them to, re- so we could return back to doing shows live. So with that being said, um, I had, I had reached out to another station, WBRS, and I said, "Hey, you know, I really would like to, you know, like you know, do a radio st- a radio show with that station as well." And and interestingly enough, they they brought me on, and I still have my radio station there as well. Um, and January was when 
um i i reached out to um to um, to the head of the of pacifica radio network um which has over 200 radio affiliates across the country and i said hey i want to do i want to host my own national sports talk uh show and and um and i went through a whole vetting process like because it was it was extensive they, they didn't just give it to you like they, they, they were like listen you're going to be on national radio this is not that this isn't like that to anybody you know? yeah exactly right and I, I went through that whole vetting process and and by the grace of the almighty i was blessed with that opportunity and it was really um it was a powerful moment because it was yeah. like okay here I am, and I'm still busting my I'm still busting my tail, like trying to get into reps, you know, doing podcasts, that, radio on podcasts. That transition perfect. My next question. Yeah. And because when I saw it, I wanted to ask you. So yeah, so you said you're working, you're doing it the right way. How do you feel when you see Addison Red the other day just go from zero to that job just overnight just because of kind of the way she looks and her stature? I, I hate it. And I'm and I'm gonna I wanna <laughs> I, I hate no no I wanna have a I wanna have a moment of um of, of brutal honesty here. Yeah. Number one, I'll be the here. first to admit that I've had to work a lot on overcoming uh, my stuttering, in which that it was really bad. It was like stuttering, mumbling. Like it was really bad when I, I was. It, once yet. It, it was bad when I was younger. Honestly, yeah. it was really like I, I have more like, like maybe milli moments where it'll show up. Yeah. But like but it's not but it's not pronounced at all. Like yeah. I had to actively work at that. Mm-hmm. Like as part of my my maturation process in radio, and as well as being comfortable speaking behind a mic, amongst other things that go into radio. So when I see people like Addison Ray, like you know, like hey, I only spent three months in college before I landed this opportunity, and I'm like, all right, number one, I know firsthand how competitive this industry is. Don't you dare make a make a mockery of this process because some people work their behinds off their entire lives mm-hmm. and never get that chance. Like this isn't a game for 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 most people, and I would say I am one of those people. This is their life. Yeah, like you have to be willing to put in the work, and, and you, there's no. There's no well. Hey, I, here I am. I I just cut, cut in front of the whole line. Like no, 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 because you will get exposed pretty quickly. Yeah. And then the people that are say, well, well, I don't see anything wrong with that. Well, here's the problem: you're not in that industry, so you don't understand the level of the level of competitiveness that is that it entails. And then also, I would even say the hard work that goes into it. Busting your ass, getting up at three thirty in the morning, doing six a.m. shows, like putting in the work. Mm-hmm. So it really genuinely makes me angry when I see people who do that because it's like it's like you're undermining the whole process. Like, what exactly have you done to actually get yourself in that position instead of tweeting about it? Say, hey, you know, I I did this for three months and here I am. Like, and then on top of that, later later in the day, by the way, she tweets out. Oh, never mind. Y'all, y'all just got me fired. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not running from ex- from accountability. We didn't know when I say we, social media didn't get you fired. No, that was just the feedback. That was just like, the common feel, to right? It. Like it was, it was like it was like really, like whatever. I don't know what the, what the story is, so I'm not even going to speculate. But it's like, stop, stop it. You're, you're, you're trying, you're trying to get sympathy points, and it's yeah. it's like, nah, I'm not, I'm not drinking the Kool Aid. 
He definitely did. And yeah, it's the thing is you've been out, you've been out in the ride. You've been, you know, waiting in line for the ride for four and a half hours. You're getting bug bites, mosquitoes, and you just see her walk by. You know, she actually no, she doesn't even walk by. She goes by in a little, you know, in a little scooter and gets off and just walks up and goes on the ride four times. And you're still waiting. Yeah, it's. I uh, saw so that was a you know common sentiment. It looked like people were just like, I get it, she's famous, but what what about her would you know translate to her getting this role? When there right. were people who actually, like I said, grinding, you know, doing stuff like that. So this oh, does not sure. transition that well, but I do want to hear your perspective. Um, so being you know being a black guy in Boston and being a sports fan, how do you feel when you hear like the Adam Jones stories and uh, the Kyrie Irvings and whatnot? What's your take on that? You ready? Yeah. All here. right. How do I feel? Number one, I hate to break it to you, but racism in Boston still exists. More so Those, than other cities, you think? No. It, it's a societal problem. But the reason why Boston stings a bit more is because the city has its history with racism. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Boston does not have an intense racist past. It does. Like, I don't, I'm not worried about the perception or what people are going to say or, or what they're going to feel because I'm not going based on my personal feelings. I'm going based upon facts. When you have an image of an African-American about to be speared with an American flag from 1976 as his image for the longest of time, there's a problem. But do so you when. Think so do you think, but not to cut you off, but do you think that actually happened, or do you think that these athletes know the history, they know the the narrative, and so when they say that about Boston, it won't be looked into, and it automatically just assumed that it's they, real. They know. I think honestly, they know the history, but they also are aware that these things do happen. Let's be think, honest. Go, happen, go, though? go. Let, let's 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 take a look at, for example, Bill Russell. How was he treated when he does like, our lifetimes? Like what d doesn't matter. No, 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 not well. Like, I know that very, like, very poorly. I know what like, someone broke into his house and took a shit on his bed. Like, no, we're talking. I mean, Bill Russell was, was a person in which that for years had a, had a sleep in a different hotel, had to, he, he, he endured racism at, at basically at every, at every turn, like, especially during his playing career. And and I'm just using him as as a starting point to build to a, to a larger point. I think it's incredibly short sighted to pretend that 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 like racism with black athletes in Boston is a is a, only a recent thing when it it has had a lengthy history time and time again. And unfortunately, in 2017, when when a when a Red Sox fan thought it would be okay to to yell out the N-word at so, Adam Jones. So you believe that? Do so you think that actually I, I, I honestly do believe it, yes. Because, and, I, and I'm going to tell you why. And the reason is because, unfortunately, this, isn't, this is not something that's new. This is not something that's new with, with, with athletes of color being called the N-word at, at visiting ballparks. This is not something that's new when it comes to, when it comes to athletes visiting Boston and and being and, and being um harassed, whether it be on social media, should I remind people of what happened with with uh with, with Joe Ward and Game Seven of the 2012 first round series against the Bruins? What happened shortly after? Should I remind people well, about what happened with that? Because I, I so don't. 
Okay, so in 2012, the Bruins start at in, in April of 2012, the Bruins started their their defense of the Stanley Cup. They entered the, the Stanley Cup playoffs as defending Stanley Cup champions. That series went to a game seven. And that game seven, unfortunately, turned out to be the last game that Tim Thomas would ever play for the Boston Bruins. Joe Ward scored the overtime winning goal to send the Capitals to the second round against the New York Rangers. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, unfortunately, those same Bruin, uh, those, those Bruin fans, and I'm not saying the entire fan base, but enough of them, uh, but but enough of them were basically like tw- uh, it was pretty pronounced on Twitter, like basically calling him a, a monkey or the N word. And, and I remember seeing the articles yeah, yeah. at the time, and I was like, "Are you serious?" Yeah, like I, it was incredibly I, disheartening. And I'm like, dude, like really, you gotta, you you have to be better than this. Yeah. So so when I hear stories like this. No, it's not out of the it's not out of the out of the realm of possibility, like because these things do happen. Because I just you, think if that happened with Adam Jones, I think in 2017, if you say that, it'll you're getting your ass kicked. I would like to think that. I would like to think that there might be if you're around 30 people and 30 people hear it, three of them might agree with you and might you know give a little fist pump. But I think the majority would be like, Are you fucking kidding me? In I 2017, like- I don't, but it's hard for me to I wasn't there, and it's hard for me as a white guy to be like. I think that black guy's lying, but I think he's lying. I just think I like the hope that that didn't, you know, that didn't happen. I think that there would have been more of a, a reaction from the people around them. I don't think people would be like, oh, good one. Like, hey, let me let me buy that guy a beer. Great comment. I like to think in 2017, people are like, are you fucking kidding me? Unfortunately, that unfortunately that's not the reality because you do have people who who will idly sit by silently and not say a word. So unfortunately, while I, I would like to hope that well they will all turn out and, and, and beat the and, and beat the guy up or whatnot, not advocating for physical violence. I mean, but, yeah, but, but but like, but the reality is that there are too many instances where people would see moments of racism and not say a word, and that is equally as damaging as actually standing up and voicing your opinion. Yeah, I agree. So do you? So do you uh, side with Kyrie Irving then? Do you think he was legit? No, and I'm gonna tell you, but no, no, there's a difference. I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna tell you why. Kyrie Irving at that point, because you see, context is everything, and what drives me off a wall is, is that when is when people bring this t- topic up, they act they, they're like, well, do you think like uh, do you think Kyrie's um actions were 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 right? And frankly, I said he had a point, but. But the issue with that was that you he used that as a distraction to get around the real story in which and that was yeah, this was going to be the first time in two years since he left the Celtics yep. in such a, in such a disgusting way cowardly. Cowardly. in a cowardly way that he was going to face yep. fans at that. Yeah, he said, "Look so, over here, look over here." He distracted. It, it was uh... right. It 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 was more of like a distraction. So. Here's what happened shortly after. Oh, congratulations for two days on Boston Sports Radio. This is all we talked about, by and large part. They talked about it here. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, especially in the New York <laughs> area. Yeah. But 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 understand but understand that especially here because again, context, the city, its intense history with racism, mm-hmm. because and especially the way that black athletes are, are treated or were treated. That's the reason why it became such a sensitive topic. And I feel that 
it's in it's important to add context to this. Yeah. Was Kyrie Irving wrong about what he's about hoping fans would you know just keep it to basketball and so forth? No, but was he wrong in the context and the way that he brought it up? Yes. Yeah, that's the difference. Those two things can coexist. So that semi semi relates to uh, something race related. Well, people are making it out to be. I don't know if you think it is or not. But Stephen A. Smith, what do you think about his comments on uh, the face of baseball right now? Not Mike Trout, who's absolutely boring, but uh, Shohei Otani is the most, you know, probably the most entertaining baseball player that I can remember, you know, from years past. I was pissed. And it, it, for my own reasons. And I want to start by saying the following, that as a person of color, as a person who, uh, who's also a, an African-American, as an African-American, you understand the plight of which the, the, the black community has endured for years, stereotypes, generalizations, and so forth. For him to come out and to say that Shohei Otani can't be the face of baseball because he needs an interpreter is incredibly disgusting and it's wrong. Now, I'm not going to sit here. Now, I'll be the first to I will put this out there publicly. I, I, I like to be supportive. I'm very supportive, but I'm even more supportive of of African-American men and women who are trying to better themselves and better and better their lives as a whole. Mm-hmm. Very supportive. But I'm also not afraid to criticize when it's warranted. Yeah. When someone does something wrong, this was 100% wrong. There was, there was something. Was there's a difference, down. right? There's a difference between. I don't think that Shohei Otani should be the face of baseball because he's lacking, he, he's lacking a certain skill in the field, or he uh, he strikes out too much, or his batting average is too low. I get that. No problem. Fair enough. But when you turn around and you say that, well, someone can't be a face of a company or a face of a team or a face of a sport because, well, he needs a translator. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like some uh, someone someone who who may be white going up to a phone and say, hey, you should come and speak English. You're in America. Speak English. You understand how condescending that sounds? And it doesn't matter where it comes from or who says it, but it's condescending as hell. So t- when I heard that, I'm like, are you serious? Prejudice? Yeah. Yes. Very much so. Yeah. And especially in a time in which that, oh, by the way, yeah, the, the hate yeah. and the anti-Asian yeah, hate that has existed yeah, yeah, yeah. in Asian this country. Trending forever. Like the anti-Asian hate that exists in this, in this country right now has never been more high. And for him to say that, dude, it could not have been more. Disturbing yeah. and just so disheartening yeah. to hear. It's just Which, and from someone who's very successful, like it was just so tone deaf. I also think, and you could this is my opinion, this is just what I think. I bet you, I think if Otani or if I what's his name, Soto was having just as good as a year and, and could pitch and he was the face of baseball. I don't know if Stephen A. Smith says that about a Dominican player. And I think that's I think that's fair because. We have we haven't heard or seen anything that um, that would that would indicate that well he feels that way towards la- Latinos or anything like that. Yeah. Like, I so like I just find it to be really disheartening and on, on to top it all off the part the part that bugs me 
deeply is, listen, I don't give a crap if he is someone who can speak English well or not. Can he yeah. perform? Can you, he yeah. can he can do the job well? Run, can he no hit home runs? Do? Yes. Can he pitch? <laughs> yes. Exactly. He can do all of those things well. Yep. So why are we sitting here talking about, well, he needs a translator, so, so he can't, like, no, 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 no. Cut yeah. it out. Just yeah. cut it out. Because Mike Trout can speak perfect English, and he is boring as hell. I mean, he chooses. I mean, he chooses to be because Which I mean, is, listen. Yeah, you, don't, you don't have to be. You don't have to be entertaining. You know, live your life. But I think Otani's play on the field alone, who cares about what he says, is is a great face of baseball. I mean, he's doing stuff that you know he, he plays like a creative player in MLB The Show. You know, what he's doing is just it seems it seems fake. But I want to I want to get back to one of the videos that I saw that I laughed and I disagree with you on heavily is your your utter hatred of Sweet Caroline. I hate it. You're, 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 you're not you're you're not you're not gonna talk you're not gonna change my mind but, I, but i'm gonna immediately or did it grow on the hatred just festered the, over the, time? Hate, the hate really festered over time it just it just did like i mean <sighs> here's my problem catchy, the catchy tune it's not even so much as a catchy tune <laughs> but it's like dude traditions can change people can change and evolve like i mean what people have to understand is that just because something is deemed as tradition doesn't mean that doesn't mean that it can't change. And I, and I and I genuinely effing hate that. And I say that because if you are a person who is a traditionalist, I oftentimes believe that you have to evolve with time. You have to grow with time. You can change with time, like. Just because things are what they are and they've been what they've been for so long doesn't mean that it can't it can't evolve. Like, I mean, I don't mind them playing music in the middle of the eighth inning, but I think this is the song choice is just no. You're what at you a sporting change, event. Like to? my thing is, huh? What would you change it to? If you're, you're I, I you're, would I would change it to like Metallica or even Bon Jovi. You give love a bad name. I think you give love a bad name would a be perfect. I, that's not a bad answer. I thought like, I'd put you on the spot. You know, I I would personally go with a nice catchy tune. Being around here, being Italian, Dominic the Donkey. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that, that that's that, that's also a pretty good one. That'll get the people going mm -hmm. at, at City Field, eighth inning. Mets are about to blow a ninth inning game. <laughs> let's, let's enjoy it before let's get a little dominic the donkey flowing wasn't that wasn't that their story like like over the weekend and he blew another ninth inning lead yeah and edwin diaz has been unbelievable this year bounce back the trade's actually not looking that bad because kalanich kind of looks like he's he's still young but he looks yeah from what he's played so i mean robinson cano thank god he got popped for steroids thank you robinson for <laughs> eating again his career his career is over yeah i, I, I pray to god because if he tries to come back it'll hurt the salary next year Although oh, we have the greatest in the world, so it doesn't really matter anymore. Oh, yeah. that, that would hamper them back in the day. But no, Edwin Diaz looks good. But yeah, I mean, versus the Pirates, I mean, I think you could hit, you know, clean up for the Pirates. So <laughs> yeah, that was that was a bad, that was a really bad loss. But I'm mm -hmm. trying to keep it under an hour. There's a couple things I want to ask you. I've never understood about New England athletics. Mm -hmm. um, so you've been there for a few years. You, you have a feel of the town. Yeah. Um, Matt Ryan, they had, they had a couple teams at Boston College that were good, but Boston Co Boston College is never – I'm too young for Flutie, so are you. We're both 29. Mm -hmm. If Boston College became a perennial powerhouse, making the playoffs maybe every three years, always top 10, big recruits, where would Boston College football rank in like the, the, the 
you know, the power, power structure in New England sports? That's a good question. Um, they should be ranked high consistently every year. But, like, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, Boston College home games in the fall are definitely a big thing here. Um, Hill, right? Is what they play? Yeah, like, because I, I, I live in Brighton. So I'm actually, like, closer to BC than I am to BU. Yeah. And every – on a Saturday or even a, whenever they have Friday night games, you see people walking around in BC gear or going to, going to like, take the – Green line to to Boston College at the last stop, and it's like it's it's actually really awesome to see, especially growing up in New York, where college football is not a thing. Oh, forget it's about not it. a thing. Like you have to go all the way to freaking Syracuse or the Rutgers for that. Like, yeah, and Rutgers had that run. Yeah, that, that was what two thousand six. Yeah, two thousand six. Yeah, I actually have a very problematic Ray Rice jersey in there. I'm, I'm not gonna. Oh, that geez. one did not age well. You no, know, not at all. It, it, it did not age like age cheddar at all. It, it no, no, went that, moldy that ended, rather. That ended really. That ended poorly. But Shiano's back. Mm. I don't know about. I'd be curious to see like New England, and even when you look at like the NFL breakdowns, I always find it interesting. They show like where players are from. New Jersey always has a lot. Texas, everybody knows. Mm-hmm. California, Florida, but then you get to New England, and it's like they just. I don't know. They never put players in the NFL. When they do, they you know they're lunatics like Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we'd be better off with less New England players in the NFL. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's one way that you could look at it. But I think also that's a good question because I feel like it's to be to be completely honest with you, hockey is really where it's at. Mm-hmm. Like there are more players from Massachusetts, oh yeah, in New England in the NHL than there are NFL players. Oh, hockey easy. is that de- I would honestly say if you take out the last 20 years of Patriots dominance here in New England, I would love to hockey, hockey. Of course you would hockey, <laughs> hockey would def hockey is like the heart and soul in my honest opinion of like, of like the New England sports fan, especially, especially Boston. It's a, it's a hockey city. 100%. Over the Celtics, you think? How was that? If you pulled 10 Bostonians, would you rather the Celtics win next year or the Bruins? What do you think? Yeah, what what's the result of that? Bruins. Really? 100%. Like 6 out of 10 or like 8 out of 10? I would say, I would honestly say we leaned more to a 7 out of 10. Jeez. That's because, that's... because the because this is where the Bruins are right now. The Bruins are at a point in which that they realize that their cup winning, their cup winning window is closing, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. not opening, it's closing. Yeah. And the core guys like Krejci, who's a, who's going to be a free agent now, um, and as well as Tuca, those guys are getting older, and Marshan Bergeron, those guys are getting older. You already lost to Dan O'Chara last offseason and whatnot. So the time to win is now, and the urgency – and I wrote a column on, for Causeway Crowd on, on, on fan-sided for, um, co- discussing and covering the Boston Bruins that – the front office has to have a level of, 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 of urgency. And I think that Bruin fans feel that same level of urgency that, hey, we got to do something because next season it is going to be really tough when the divisions are realigned back to the way that they were prior to the pandemic. And you're going to have Tampa Bay, Toronto, Montreal, the New York Rangers, and the New York Islanders all back within that in that same division again. So, and especially the Washington Capitals as well. Like, so the urgency has to be there to actually improve this team 
And I think Bruin fans would absolutely want to see a Stanley Cup like maybe next year yeah, as, feel, as compared to the Celtics. It's been so long since you guys had a title. How do you guys do it? Oh, must be must be tough. I mean, I mean, New York ha- New York sports hasn't seen a championship I since know. 2011. I, that's why I hate you guys are so. Oh, we, it's like oh, shut up! Be a Met fan, be a Jet fan, be a Nick fan. I've seen no titles for my teams. I'm so sick. I, I mean, the, the Mets. You can you can blame ownership. I mean, inadequate like ownership. Honestly, I mean, ownership prior to prior to Steve Cohen taking over as owner, absolutely sucked. You don't think? And I and I have been. You get caught up with Bernie Madoff. You think that was a bad move? That was a bad move to get caught up with Bernie Madoff. You don't think that's a good ownership move? No. What are you? What are you? What are you out of your mind? I was like, always meant to do that. Like, of course, was... of course, only only the New York Mets would, would be idiotic enough to, to do that. But but that's neither here or there. So with that being said, I would say, um, listen, I don't know what to say except that the Bruins, if they had won Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals two years ago. You would have seen something that had not been seen in, in any in any city in our lifetime in terms of championships won within a nine months within yeah, a nine yeah. month stretch. You had the Red Sox in October of eighteen. You have the twenty eighteen New England Patriots win the Super Bowl in February of nineteen. And and I and I and I want to share with this share this with you because I remember saying this a few days after the parade, right? And I, I was at the parade um in, in um in downtown Boston, and. I remember saying Red Sox, check. Patriots, check. Bruins, Celtics, what either one of you teams is next? And I and I was saying, Bruins, you're next. At the time, I thought maybe the Celtics, if they can find and figure out the situation in terms of what why the team is so damn rotten with Kyrie and, and Al Horford and the whole situation with Tatum and Brown. Mm-hmm. I was hoping they can figure it out, but we all know how that ended. But so it was like, no, Bruins, you really have a legitimate chance. And everything fell into place for them to actually do it. All you had to do was show up for Game Seven of the Cup Final, and they didn't, which would have been three championships in yeah. eight months. Tampa's trying to shit. They could do that now with uh, the Rays. They're a little pesky team. They could put together three, three titles this year. Maybe. I mean, I mean, let's see how things you know go in the second half because right now they're a game and a half back of the Red Sox, and I do think that. Um, I do think that the the Terry Rays they are going to be a team to to keep it out out for because they are not out of it. Although they may have lost Tyler Glass now, and I mean that's a pretty big loss yeah. for an extended period of time. But however, I don't think that they are a team that Red Sox fans can overlook because they because they are that t- type of team in which that they have better pitching than the Red Sox do at this current moment in time. I mean that that's just that's yeah. just being completely honest. Yeah, I mean. It's just funny for the Yankees. I love seeing. You. So do you? I bet. Oh no, you said you're a Yankee fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, I, okay. Well, I, I hate the Yankees. Growing up being a, the, you know the younger brother, just always hating the older brother winning. That's okay. Right. Nathan, how they let Nathan Avaldi walk is unbelievable. I, I I've never. I I, I know that. how. I'm I'm gonna tell you how. So, after the 2016 season, the Yankees said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna let this we don't we're gonna let him walk because." He's all, and I've said this for years about Ivaldi. He's always had the raw stuff. That's never been a question. That's never been a problem. He's always have had the raw power fastball slider change, but he can never put it together. And what are the odds? Oh, this year. Oh, hey, yay. Oh, by the way, he's an all star. Yeah. He's an all star this year. What are the odds? No yeah. big deal, right? Like, 
honestly, it happens. Like maybe New York may not have been have been the place for him because not everybody is meant to thrive in New York, especially playing for the New York Yankees. Yeah. Like that's just that's just the bottom line. From a, that's from a mental standpoint. But if you're a power pitcher and you're pitching in a ballpark that looks like a little league field, oh, stop it! Like stop it! Are we really comparing fields between Yankee Stadium and and and, and City Field? Like which well, which by the way, your power hitters for the first few years of City Field's existence could have, couldn't hit a damn home run for 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 if you even if you try to buy ten thousand damn sticks. I, know. I mean, you had to move the fences in. So I don't want to hear about. Yankees ain't looking like a bandbox when when your own hitters can't hit a goddamn home run like for the first few years of his yeah, existence. We had to catch up with the, we had to catch up with the times, but yeah, you had to instead of trying to trying to recreate the New York damn Polo Grounds of the nineteen tens. Yeah, that that's I was at the first game at City Field. I remember like Jesus, this ballpark's really big. Yeah, and, it worked. Though. We had the power pitching. We had the best. We were gonna win worlds multiple World Series with Harvey Syndergaard, and then Harvey fell off you know cliff. Syndergaard can't stay healthy. But the Grom, the Grom is the best to ever do it. So I'll, I'll end with this because I am, I am intrigued. Because I always wonder about this. Um, if you had to be a GM for any of your favorite teams, and you have a lifetime contract, if you do bad, you're not getting fired. Jerry Jones style, you're the GM, and you get to mold your teams for the rest of your life. Who would you pick? Bruins. The Boston Bruins. I really would because reason being is um, I just think that. The mindset of the Bruins front office has got to change. Like, you need to get out, go out and actually get players that could actually do the job and, like, you know, fill in that bottom six and not just get a player and think that's going to be suffice. Like, you need to have show some balls, show some cojones to make moves that is going to feel the team that can win the Stanley Cup because this team, there's no reason why this core and this era of Bruins hockey should, should only have seen one Stanley Cup when they've gotten to three, three cup finals just in the last decade alone. That to me is, is inexcusable. So what move would you make? Well, if if I'm the Boston Bruins, I would look to um, the, the really short, the bottom six forward group. I would mm-hmm. look towards like it's maybe uh, adding a, a Barkley Goodrow or a Blake Coleman or, you know, like go, go out and, and, and get and get another Get a cup. You need two defensemen. Like you need defensemen with size, mm-hmm. like with muscle. Because the Bruins have gotten too small, and I just feel like they don't have grit. And I was, I was really a big proponent of the idea if the if the Calgary Flames have bought out the contract of Milan Lucic, that the Bruins go out and, and go sign him and bring and add him to that fourth line. But since that didn't happen i was like okay that ship has sailed no problem but i really do think that you also got to look at the goaltender position and i I would really strongly consider like adding um jeremy swimming having him play um a full nhl season yeah that um tukarask i mean he's a stud he's good but he those performances the last couple games with the islanders were just abysmal he was he was badly injured, and I and it, what what pissed me off as a Bruins fan was the fact that Bruce Cassidy said we're we're going to stick with him. Like, no, that was the yeah. wrong move, moron. Like, yeah. what you should have actually have done was go with the guy that was healthy. I would have taken my chances with Jeremy Swimman. It's okay to make goaltender changes in the playoffs. You're yeah. not the first team to do it. About an injury is bad enough when you're trying to play goalie, but when you're like 43 and you're injured, you know it's it's that's even tougher. Mm. 
you know, but yeah, I think Blake Coleman would be nice. Is he? I feel like he'd just be a guy who's actually like a Southie guy. Is he? I don't think he, he is. Like that's it. a good question, but I'm not he's sure. He's just a tough, hardworking guy. He's got he skill, is. But he'll also punch you in the throat and not think twice about it. Yeah. He was good on the Devils for a little bit, so. Oh, for I, sure. I, and and you, you saw what he was able to do with the Lightning winning back-to-back Stanley Cups as well and, and being a big part of uh, yeah. the, of that of those teams as well. He was a big – I mean, that Lightning team – uh, what do you? How long do you think it's gonna take for them to to come back to like down the earth and be like just an average playoff team? Because right now they're just they're a weapon. It starts this off season because they because I really do believe that they have question marks in terms of how are they going to deal with the salary cap situation because they're gonna have to. Mm-hmm. They absolutely have to address that, and I think that. A big part of the the all season for the Tampa Bay Lightning is that is that they are going to have to figure out what are they going to do in terms of getting under the salary cap because they're going to have some key key guys that are going to um, be free agents. I mentioned Barkley Goudreau, um, Blake Coleman, I believe Alex Kalorn as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But some but 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 yeah. some key members of their teams of the of the teams are going to be UFAs, and then you're also going to have some other guys. Like Curtis Joseph, who's going to be a restricted free agent as well, so they, they they have some decisions to make. And in baseball, you just overpay and just you know pay. But NHL, they're they're probably the most strict sport when I think when it comes maybe in terms of the salary cap. Oh, absolutely, I would yeah. say so. Yeah, yeah, they're they're extreme. So yeah, we say because it's almost like that Islander team nine times out of ten wins a Stanley Cup, but they just won up against you know the better. They were a team. wagon. Like oh, I mean, yeah. I get that people will be mad about the salary cap circumvention, but I'm also like, you know what? Put that aside for a moment. Just look at the roster. Their roster is just there is no team in the NHL. I don't care what team you root for that was going to be able to compete compete against that that Lightning team this past season. There was just you, no you no could, chance. You could get them one night. You could catch them on the wrong night, but through a series of seven, no, you ain't gonna beat. I mean, that team is that team's damn near impossible to take down, but. Listen, yeah. I had a good time talking sports with you. We were right at the hour, and I appreciate it. You talked about you know a couple of different things, and uh, you were 15 minutes late. I'm not you know I'm not salty about that. I wasn't sitting there, <laughs> sitting there 15 minutes looking at the computer. But uh, thanks again, man. My my pleasure. I, it was a pleasure to come on and speak sports, talk sports with you, and um and, throw, and, and throw chop it up. Handles. What's up? Throw out your handles. Throw out your podcast. Let's let's plug it before we're done. I, I appreciate it. Um, check you can listen to the podcast on iHeartRadio. It's called the Shukri Rights Podcast. It's available on iHeartRadio and as well as other major um, podcast platforms. You can watch it on YouTube. Type in the Shukri Rights Podcast as well as follow me on social media: Twitter at Shukri Rights, is at S H U K R I W R I G H T S, and follow me on Instagram at S Rights Radio underscore. Thank you. Beautiful. Yeah, I figured out how to get how to get that in there. No worries.